0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision.
1: Joining us on a Friday morning is my good friend Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch in beautiful Melbourne. How are you today, brother?
0: Hey, very well. Thank you, Matt.
1: It's great to hear from you today. You're you're out of lockdown. You're free to move around. Is everything okay for you guys? Well,
0: more or less, until the next lockdown. Uh, that could happen at any moment, as we've come to expect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to hear they're keeping you on your toes, mate. And uh, someone else is keeping you on your toes is YouTube. Not only have you been banned from Facebook recently, you're banned from YouTube as well. What's the latest there?
0: Yeah, well, it seems I'm uh, a bad boy, at least in the eyes of the tech giants, for heaven's sakes. uh You know, they do share a very radical, secular, left-world view, and it seems they just do not like it when you share truth on their platforms. And that's been my mission. Uh, Use the social media and the like to share far and wide biblical truth, truth about our culture. So, yeah, I've been given the big ban from uh, Facebook. It looks like it might be a permanent ban there. And just uh, the other day, uh, YouTube notified me saying they're pulling down some of my videos they are actually just uh, audio podcasts that i've done either with in fact vision radio or with others short interviews just like this one talking about the issues of the day and yeah i i seem to have violated their community standards as well these guys are easily violated they're offended and so yeah now they're taking down uh, videos which is quite a worry i think history Teaches us a few lessons here.
1: Yeah. So every Friday morning we have you on Vision here and, and Neil will talk to you about all sorts of hot topics. And you've just used the audio of that and put it on YouTube. And they said yep. you and Neil, we're giving you the boot. Really?
0: <laughs> well, in this case it was on um which well for some is a touchy subject, the whole coronavirus and you know, as we often talk about, lockdowns, um, you know, are we going over the top with government responses? Are certain medical treatments being denied, as they are banned in Queensland, for example, uh, in the treatment of the virus? So simply talking about those issues, talking, quoting from various medical and scientific experts who may have a slightly different uh, run than the narrative, the official narrative, yeah, you're you're getting... Uh, whole uh, videos pulled. Of course, I'm small fry. Remember, Donald Trump has been banned by Twitter and Facebook and YouTube as well. So I guess I'm in good company in that sense. But yeah, dare to uh, have a slightly different point of view. And we're back to uh, right 1930s book burnings. You might recall that on the streets of Germany. This tyranny uh, decided ideas that were unacceptable. They not only have to be banned, they were burning books. So I'm wondering, how is it any different when YouTube will pull a video or Amazon will pull a book, uh, Facebook will pull a person like myself? So I think we're in scary times.
1: Are you thinking of starting your own alternative to YouTube, like BuildTube or something, you know? You could start your own
0: <laughs> Well, I, we may well have to. Uh, you know, we're on some of the alternative social media, MeWe, Gab, Parlor. I'm already on those. Of course, the problem is these are all much smaller. Things like YouTube and Facebook, as you know, really have monopoly powers, right? They have the huge lion's share of the audience, and being a kind of essential service or like a public utility, Uh, Well, in America, at least, there's laws against this kind of thing. Uh, Telephone companies have been broken up by the government because they didn't like the idea of no competition. There shouldn't be a monopoly, and that's effectively what we have here with these tech giants, and now that they've become so politicized, right, pushing radical secular left agendas, it is a worry. So, yeah, maybe uh, the Bill and Matt uh, tube station will will pull up someday.
1: (laughs) Well, mate, I uh, certainly do love uh, the content that you're uh, pumping out every Friday morning here on Vision and you're welcome on our airwaves anytime, mate. We won't be banning it anytime soon, huh? Yeah, praise God. <laughs> now, mate, you, you did write a blog on that, which people can search up at your website about how YouTube has censored you and the, the war on free thought and free speech. People can check out that blog. But another blog I'm curious about is uh, you've written a couple of blogs about the Bible and politics. What's the latest there?
0: Yeah, I've done a few: the uh, Bible and politics, Jesus and politics. While the Bible, of course, is not a political textbook, nor is it a science textbook or economics textbook, uh, guess what? Bible, uh, Jesus, the apostles, they all had a lot of stuff to say about politics, about culture, about society, about the world we live in. So sometimes we as evangelicals can have such a perhaps hyper-spiritualized view of things. You know, the only aim in life gets souls saved. We shoot them up to the... To heaven, we play harps on wispy clouds, and you know, that's kind of the sum and substance of the Christian view, but actually, Jesus did say we are to be salt and light. He had a very real this-world uh, ministry, right? He healed people, he fed people, he dealt with their physical and material needs, so how can we not... Uh, see how Christianity will have an impact on things like politics. So, yeah, I've been writing a few pieces on that lately and uh, reminding us of our obligations in the political and social arena.
1: I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, Bill, because you know I've seen a, a number of people come to Christ in recent years who have had a very uh, leftist worldview, let, let's just put it like yep. that, uh, when it comes to all the hot topics that we, we often talk about. And so they come to Christ, and then they start hearing the preaching, and they start reading the Bible, and they start realizing, oh, hang on, I've uh, been taught all these things in the education system and in the media that are quite opposite to what the Bible teaches. And then they have to go through a conversion of all these other beliefs as well. Uh, Are you you thinking that it's something that we need to get back to teaching the basics of people uh, when they come to Christ about what? The gospel and what you know, what the Word of God says about all these hot topics.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's my story. I was a leftist. I was a Marxist before I got saved. In fact, fifty years ago, uh, and next month it'll be fifty years since I became a Christian. So we can maybe chat about that in a month's time. But uh, yeah, I was a lefty, and I had to kind of rebaptize my thinking. You know, once I became saved. Well, you know, all the stuff I've been pushing about, I hate America, I hate the West, I hate the free market, I hate the military, I hate this, I hate that. We had a lot of hate. <laughs> uh, you know, I just start uh, rethinking all this. Uh, what does the Bible say? Guess what? God created the state, so there's a place for the state. Uh, you know, there's a thing like private property, which a few of the Ten Commandments speak to, so it's not all evil, as I thought. So yeah, you really have to rethink, especially if you've lived in the world and brought up in the world, and then you become a Christian. So yeah, you just uh, get spiritually and theologically straightened out, but you also have to think: all right, how does this impact the political world, the social cultural world? So those are some of the things I've been writing about of late.
1: And you know, a lot of Aussies have been raised and and taught: you should never talk about sex or religion or politics. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Because they're taboo subjects Um, And a lot of Christians think Yeah, we don't want to rock the boat We don't want to stir the pot, you know But, you know, when you look at the life of Jesus He said some pretty radical things, didn't he?
0: Oh, he did And they were really quite political I mean, just think about it for a moment This is why we need to rethink some of these issues Uh, when Jesus talked about being Lord, guess what? There was another guy claiming to be Lord, Uh, Caesar, right? He was to be worshipped as the one Lord. So when Jesus said, no, I'm the Lord and Savior, that was a political challenge to the powers that be. Uh, King Herod, right, he was supposed to be king of the Jews. And what does Jesus do? He comes along and says, no, I'm actually the real king, uh, following in the David uh, dynasty of God's kings for his people. So that was a political statement as well. Uh, Think of, you know, John the Baptist challenging Herod. He lost his head over taking a moral, cultural issue, uh, challenging the political powers that be. In fact, the Bible is full of this, right? You see Elijah taking on Ahab. You see Daniel and his friends taking on Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, you even see Nathan the prophet taking on King David. So you can have both secular and religious leaders being challenged all the time in Scripture, and often that's a very political kind of thing, uh, right? The crowd said at the time of Jesus, we have no king but Caesar. Uh, but Jesus was saying, I am the one true king, and that's a real political a confrontation with the powers that be. So even today we have to think, how does our Christian faith impact the state? I just mentioned government is God's idea, but it's always to be delegated as authority. It's never an absolute. Uh, The government can overstep its boundaries. It can force us to do things we shouldn't do. And, of course, we've got people here in Melbourne who've been in jail for three weeks simply for keeping their churches open Uh, during this time so we do have some political ramifications to our faith and we dare not try to pretend otherwise
1: just on that topic you're talking about uh, pastor brian heath who was locked up for having church in the middle of uh lockdown Uh, what's the latest on him have you heard any anything any more from him well, there's
0: actually several. Brian is one. Paul Furlong is another. He was in jail for three weeks.
1: Oh, sorry, I'm getting mixed well. up. Yeah, it was Paul Furlong. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. Brian
0: Heath was <laughs> yeah. targeted uh, in yeah. all the newspapers as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, both are uh, have been standing strong, keeping uh, the faith going, even when the state, you know, I've said this before. Mm-hmm. At, at one point, we had uh, uh, very strong restrictions in Victoria, a brothel could have 50 people at a time. And then they also said, oh, churches can have 50 people at a time. Now I don't know how big a brothel is. I think we discussed this the other day. Mm. But a lot of churches hold 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people, and yet could only have 50 people. Mm. So some Christian pastors said, wait a minute, this is wrong, this is unjust. Worshiping God is an essential service, and we will put God ahead of man. So, uh, again, political ramification
1: to our faith. Mm. And there's a book that you're uh, referring to in one of your blogs here, uh, a a blog called Jesus Politics and Speaking Truth to Power One of the books that you've uh, uh, drawn from is from an English Christian sociologist named Alan Storkey He's uh, written a book called Jesus and Politics Confronting the Powers Uh, What's the the, uh, summary uh, of that book that you've drawn from?
0: Yeah, it's a very good book indeed. In fact, it's been out for a while, a good 15 years now, but uh, sometimes you pull off from the shelves of volume, you blow off the dust, and you revisit it. In fact, I've twice now written articles featuring that book, and I think I'll do a few more. Needless to say, uh, I've got hundreds of books you know, on Christianity and politics, political involvement, But I would say of all the books I have, this certainly is one of the best. It really goes into detail, 300 pages plus, on, again, just how political Jesus was. Uh, Whether he was dealing with taxation, right? That was a big political Hmm. issue. Cleaning, cleansing the temple was actually in many ways a political uh, move. Well, the whole crucifixion, obviously, you know, uh, Pilate kind of unwittingly allowing the banner king of the jews to stay on the cross this whole thing was so politically charged uh that uh, i really like what alan storky does in jesus and politics and just highlights again and again and again there was a lot of political confrontation going on sure politics is not everything there is the spiritual and the theological but if we try to uh, again, have this wispy cloud kind of Christianity where we're just souls stripped of our bodies. Uh, guess what? We're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. So Something's going on even in the next life involving uh, this earth. So uh, we do have implications as to how our faith works itself out. And it seems Jesus all the time was getting in trouble with the authorities. He was getting in trouble with the powers that be, kind of like this Bill guy who gets you know, kicked off Facebook <laughs> Picked off YouTube, so maybe I'm in a good place. Uh, <laughs> Jesus seemed to be in the same boat.
1: Yeah. Well, it's certainly uh, wonderful uh, to see these great blogs you're writing. If people want to search them up, they can go to BillMuhlenberg.com or they can search up Culture Watch uh, on uh, on the on the interwebs. They can find your blogs there and subscribe, and uh, they can see some of your videos on YouTube. But there's a few that have been <laughs> taken down, eh? Hey? Mm. Yes, yes. Now, mate, before we let uh, you uh, go, too. Uh, Yep. Coming up next, we've got a, a pastor coming in named Warren Crank from Red Dirt Church, and they're setting up churches around Australia, which are kind of like around campfires—just really simple, yep. you know, connect group, home group, Bible study kind of churches. And we're asking the question at Facebook today: Have church services become too organised? Should we go back to simpler services? What's your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah,
0: well, I'd agree. Obviously, I think we've moved a long way from the book of acts which was very simple in fact had to be because of persecution but guess what we are now coming back to a time of persecution right we just mentioned pastors who've gotten in trouble with the law for daring to have their churches open uh, so we're talking even underground church that's happening in canada quite a few pastors there are being arrested all around the west uh, we're kind of moving away from the big buildings, which are being forcibly shut down or simply too expensive to maintain. So, yeah, whether it's house churches, simply meeting out in the woods, you know, as early believers did, or in communist countries. So, yeah, I think it's a very important Movement, and uh, if we get back to basics, we forget about all the gloss and the glitter, the smoke machines. And, you know, uh, I think it was A.W. Tozer who once uh, put it powerfully if we take away the Holy Spirit from the church today, probably 90% of what happens will keep going. But the early church, right, if they didn't have the Holy Spirit, they wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So we've placed the Spirit of God with uh, too many gimmicks, too many techniques, you know, they can have their place. But really, we need Jesus above all.
1: Very well said, Bill. It's always a privilege catching up with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. God bless. All right, you too. Great to catch up with Bill Muhlenberg. Once again, people can search up billmuhlenberg.com or search up Culture Watch and uh, check out those great blogs.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.